Hey, it's Luke here. I just want to tell you about a new podcast I'm involved in, which is called The C Word. Six weeks ago, my eldest brother Lee was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. It is the type of news that stops you and your family in your tracks and offers a fairly sobering reminder of what this life is about. Over those six weeks, we've had many a conversations trying to understand this new health challenge and the road ahead. And as easy as it would be to fall into a heap and give in early with such difficult news, I asked my brother what he needed from me most. Outside of the obvious and much needed support for him and his family, he said, most importantly, I just need to focus on beating this with optimism. So with a desire to support in a way that benefits him, educates us, and hopefully informs those we don't know, we decided to create this podcast that could tell that story as it unfolds, capturing the highs, the lows, the unknowns, and hopefully plenty of optimism along the way. To come on the journey, search The C Word on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts free. Welcome to Itch. My name's Luke. I'm 32 years old, and I'm from Australia. I've spent my life with an insatiable curiosity, an itch, if you will, and a need to understand more. There is a clear desire for so many of us, irrelevant of background, ethnicity, or sexuality, to live more authentically and to seek out an alternative narrative to that which currently exists. I use my stories to take you on a journey where I've challenged my own truths through the ability to ask more questions than I have answers, maintaining a great sense of humor, always viewing the world through a lens of empathy, but most importantly, to live in the gray. These attributes have assisted me to seek out different perspectives and to create a life that is more flourishing and progressive for me and, well, hopefully for those around me. So if you're interested to know more, welcome to Itch. Lesson number five, authenticity seeks itself. So one of my, uh, I guess, the key themes of this podcast and and of um, my first book that I got to write was uh, around this concept of authenticity. Um, and do you know what? I actually think it's it's this theme in my life that has just demanded itself and continues to demand of itself. One of my biggest lessons in life connects to this concept of authenticity. It It doesn't matter what I do or where I go. The only time that life is in flow is when I am being as authentic as possible. And, you know, many people kind of have their theories in life and think, oh, if you do this, this will happen if you do this. For me, unless I show up just as me, if I don't, I know for a fact it's doomed. <laughs> it's just not going to work. It's not going to work long term. Uh, it, it's, it's There's going to be some problem with it. So for me, authenticity has always... Um, has always found itself. If you first need to understand what is authenticity, why do we keep using this word? What is the concept of it? So it's for me, it's honoring the voice inside. It's the itch, you know, if you will. It's that feeling. It's that part that is genuinely you. And it's not just itching the surface. It's understanding where that itch is coming from. So authenticity for me is understanding where the itch is coming from. Authenticity for me seeks itself because the more that you are genuinely authentic, the more that you attract other authentic people and authentic moments and things that are genuinely good for you back to you. Probably back in one of my first relationships when after I came out, after I had gone through and I'll, I'll, I'll no doubt come across that story uh, soon enough and, and I 
come out and gone through quite a, a huge period in my life for about a year it took place of really that deep self-discovery coming to terms with a reality that you didn't think existed and, and coming out to the other side and quite literally coming out to the other side. Um, and then finding yourself in this new world where you uh, take on a new type of relationship, one you'd never kind of experienced or thought you would experience before. And I was in a relationship for about eight months, something like that, um, uh, at the start of 2013. And then that kind of led through um, up until the end of that year when I then got the opportunity to move overseas. So that was when I first moved over to, to the UAE. When I had the opportunity to move overseas, I uh, said to my partner at the time, let's not break up yet. Let's wait until I leave because you know the, the, the reason for us not being together is merely that we're not near each other, but it's, it's you know, let's not not spend time with each other. So we did that right up until I left in that time of September and then I moved over overseas and it was kind of a, oh, this is really sad. Um, you know, thank you for the amazing times together, but I guess this is it. Lo and behold, he actually had an opportunity to also move over there. So before I know it, it kind of got to October, November, um, and then he was coming over and and and, and going for interviews and had the opportunity to come and, and, and live abroad as well. So by, I think it was December or January, I think it was by January, um, he was now able to move to the UAE. I enjoyed that relationship. I was um, happy in Australia in that relationship. It was very up and down. You know, we had these different moments and, it, and I really, um, I put myself into a lot of different situations as well that, that I had to question and challenge my own integrity in terms of what I wanted and, and where I was. And I think that's normal. I think that's a normal part of um, any relationships at a young age, but also a relationship at a young age after you've especially just kind of come to terms with your sexuality. But the reality was I got overseas and if I was to listen to that voice inside, there was a part of me that quite genuinely wanted to have the opportunity to just kind of be on my own. But then there was this other part, this logical part in my head that was going, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with you two. And he is a really good guy. And you had a great time together and you do share interests and you do share all these things. And so the logical reasoning override that authentic feeling in my gut, that feeling in my stomach, that itch that was going, no, 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 step back, like abort, abort. And I remember it, like I remember it. And the time was in a pool, uh, we were at the um, at one of the hotels uh, in Abu Dhabi. And he said to me going, well, if I'm moving over here, why don't we move in together? Because it's, you know, makes sense. It's expensive in terms of real estate and, and so on. And uh, dare I say it, and when I think back at it, I remember that feeling in my gut that just immediately went, nope, no don't do it. And instead I smiled and went, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Because there was that part in my head that was going, you're an idiot, Luke, you're selfish, you're this, you're that. If you don't do this, he's a great person. Um, and needless to say, the relationship in my head, as I look back on it, was immediately tainted, you know, immediately you're doomed at that point because you haven't authentically gone into it in the right frame of mind. You haven't gone into it with an open heart and an open mind and genuinely wanting to be there. And so as time went on, it went on for about another six, seven, eight months. And needless to say, within eight months time of being over there and living together, all of a sudden the relationship was breaking down. You know, um, it was all of a sudden coming to a point where it was no longer working between us. Now, it's not just a matter that it wasn't working between us, but this is a part where I say authenticity seeks itself because the opposite to this for me has been that authenticity ignored doesn't always 
create destruction in the visible world. So yes, the relationship was fraying, but I'm sure I could have persevered and, you know, continued on and made it try and stay together for a bit longer. But rather, even though the destruction doesn't always show immediately in the visible world, it slowly breaks down your own internal morals and values. So what I found is when I was ignoring that authentic voice, that voice inside of me that said, you've gotten this far, you need to call it, just call it, just say you want to break up. But I couldn't do it because I'd always kind of held a bit of control in this relationship. I'd always been the 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 slightly stronger one. You know, I've always been the one, the one that everyone would go off, you break up for sure, it's going to be Luke that does it. And I didn't want to be that person, you know, even though authentically the part of me was going, yeah, I do actually want to break up. Like, I don't know if I can do this. So instead of listening to that authentic voice, I ignored it. And authenticity ignored then starts destructing internally. Um, And I found myself in situations or at least creating situations that didn't align to my internal compass. Um, And it's almost as if you know you're doing it, but you can't stop it because internally I'm going, I really shouldn't do this. But externally I'm kind of going, but I just want him to say, I don't want to be with you because it's easier to deal with that way if I don't have to take responsibility. And so not only are you ignoring authenticity, but you're also ignoring accountability at this point, you know, like there's so many other facets that come to it. And uh, and then needless to say, yeah, I, I put myself in a situation that you know, finally pushed him over the edge where he could then turn around and say, you're the problem, I'm leaving you. And then I could live out that reality. Now that, which I look back on, not with fond memories and rather, you know, not only have I learned that reality and have I learned the the lessons attached to them, but I also make sure that moving forward in the future, that voice that I had, that, that, that little voice inside that cried out eight months earlier when we were in the pool and went, uh-uh, don't do that, is the voice that I need to listen to. It's the voice that when listened to, because I've seen it again in life since then, where I've had a gut feeling and something said, don't do this or do this or you know whatever it might be saying. And instead of just even, sometimes it's not even just listening to it. It's listening to it and sitting with it and understanding it and going, what do you want? Talk to me more. Why do you exist? But the moment I do that, good things follow. Progress follows. Growth follows. You know, I might find myself when listening to it in a situation where, okay, a relationship or a situation might break down as a result of it. But what I found is that if I stayed true to that voice and held tight to it, it actually led me to an even better other side, you know? And I think that's a really important part because what I learned is when you when you listen to authenticity, when you listen to that voice, it seeks itself in other people. It seeks itself in other situations. So it's almost like when you honor it, other people who are doing the same, other situations that have done the same, they almost gravitate towards you. And so when I've started to think about this a bit more, I've been trying to think, well, what, what are steps that you take to get more, you know, closer to being more authentic? What is this idea of, of listening to this itch? And, and for me, it's, it came, broke down into probably, you know, five different things that, that I try and, and keep in mind throughout my life. And, and number one is around making time to journal and meditate. Um, it's not new age crap that I'm talking about here. It's genuine self-reflection, that introspection. Um, you know, it's actually really cathartic, the ability to sit down and to um, frequently, for me, it's a, a daily occurrence that I'll definitely meditate, but then uh, journaling, um, I'll probably do 
the moment I feel that I'm lacking clarity in mind, I'll just go and write about it. And sometimes I write not with the need to get to an answer, just to flesh it out, just to get it out of my head. It's done. Like it's on paper or in my laptop or whatever it might be. And it's out the way. So making time to journal and meditate, I think allows you to hear that voice clearer. Knowing the difference between what feels like an obligation to another and what is genuine desire of your own heart. Do I want this? Or am I doing this because I think it's the right thing to do? And there are very different answers and very big questions to ask yourself. At times as well, I think not overthinking things is really important. So as much as this need for self-reflection is required, so is action and movement. You just have to keep moving. Um, And if we keep moving and we make a mistake, so what? Don't beat yourself up. If you're journaling and meditating, that's where you'll go back and go, right, What do I need to learn from that? Where did I mess up? What should I reflect on? Um, For me, it's spending time in the morning or at night reflecting on your day. How did I show up today? Is that how I wanted to show up in the world? What can I do tomorrow that will get me closer to whatever it is that I'm wanting to do? What will I do tomorrow that will honor that voice that says, hey, you probably should be really kind and compassionate in that situation rather than being a hardball about it. Hey, you should probably have that really difficult conversation tomorrow because it's actually for the benefit of all of you guys to do that, um, whatever it might be. Or you're, you know, you might hear that voice that says, hey, do you know what? You did a bloody good job today. So just keep doing that because <laughs> that's actually really good. Um, and then the last one for me is remembering that there are multiple sides to you. So We need to exercise ourselves physically, for sure, and mentally. You know, you go to work and do your best, but also spiritually. You know, you need to develop all aspects of self. And so for me, to honor authenticity so that authenticity can show up and therefore seek itself out in other other ways, it's about remembering that there's multiple sides to me. So journaling and meditating, knowing the difference between what I want and what other people want, not overthinking at times and and giving action, reflecting on the day, but also remembering that there are those multiple sides. So I invite you to have a think about it for yourself. Where have you been most authentic and what has come to you in life as a result of that? Or where have you allowed for that surface level to exist? And what broke down for you? And you know the feeling. Think about those moments where you just... It's just not sitting right or you're just not sitting right or your your relationships are just not doing it for you. You know, where is it in life that you feel that you're lacking in fulfillment and how many times have you tried to think it's because of someone else or something else or something just shifted when actually maybe there's that little voice inside of you that's just saying, hey, can you listen to me for a minute because I can actually tell you what you need to do. You know, where did your heart yearn for more and you ignored it? Where did it yearn and you actually decided to honor it? What did life look like in comparison to one another when you see those things? And do you know what it is that you want from that more authentic life that you desire? I'm Luke Evans. Thanks for listening to Itch.